I'm Marianne Kolbesek McGee, Managing Editor of Healthcare Info Security. Among key elements of healthcare reform is the creation of accountable care organizations, or ACOs. ACOs are groups of doctors, hospitals, clinics, other healthcare providers, and payers that work together to deliver more coordinated care. The goal is to improve patient care while reducing costs through new risk, reward, and shared savings payment models from the Center of Medicare and Medicaid Services and private insurers. A key requirement for ACOs to function is their ability to share patient data among its participating doctors, hospitals, and clinicians. However, with this sharing of patient data come privacy and security challenges. Today we're talking to Bill Spooner, CIO of Sharp Healthcare, which is participating in CMS's Pioneer ACO program that was launched late last year. Bill will be describing how his organization is tackling data privacy and security challenges as it evolves into an ACO. Hi, Bill. Good morning. Tell us a little about your organization and your role, and also briefly tell us about Sharp's plans to become an ACO. Be glad to. Uh, Sharp Healthcare is entirely in San Diego County, California. We are about 2,000 beds of hospital care uh, on four principal campuses. Uh, it's, it's for general service hospitals, three specialty hospitals. In addition, we are affiliated with a 700 physician independent practice association, uh, largely physicians who practice within our hospitals, but they band together several years ago for the purpose of managed care contracting. Uh, we also are Within our organization, we have a 400-physician multi-specialty medical group very closely aligned. In terms of giving you a little bit of the background of the organization, we're, we're about 15,000 employees. We're the largest private employer in San Diego County, and we've got a long history of managed care contracting. Southern California was really the hotbed of managed care starting in the mid-'80s. So an accountable care organization is uh, a little bit different uh, twist on some of the work that we've been doing for many years. We have still have about 300,000 lives that are fully capitated, that we're totally responsible for the care on a risk basis. So we're quite experienced in risk contracting. However, accountable care organizations give you with some nuances. Uh, it's a, an open network model. The patients are identified to the particular provider because they get a lot of their care from them, but they're not uh, what, I, what you might say locked in. They, they can see any provider that they want to. So as these members are identified to us, then we, reach, we need to reach out to those patients, ensure that they're getting the right care that they need, and, and really try to align them more closely to our network. When you and, and let me just talk about our ACO activity to, to get at a high level. We, we are one of the pioneer ACOs. We have about 32,000 um, members who were assigned to us or attributed to us. In addition, we are part of two uh, commercial ACOs with a total of about 20,000 uh, members in those as well. So as I started to say, the, the, the members are in a more of an open network as compared to our managed care lives, and we uh, so then so then we really have to market to them to try to to uh, more closely align them with us to ensure that they're getting all the care that they need. For as long as we've been doing managed care, the concept of 
collab collaboration and information sharing among our physicians and our hospitals has been important. The the ACO concept tends to, to elevate that in importance, and particularly in geographic areas who have not been accustomed to that. Um, so you have really the the ongoing press to automate the, the patient record to begin with. And the high-tech incentives have moved that along. Many organizations have been doing that for a few years or even several years already. But as more and more providers are are automating their records, as they know that their colleagues are automating their records, they want to be able to get a complete view of the patient's experience across the many providers. And so that brings out in, information sharing needs. and it. Uh, and along with that comes the need to ensure that patient privacy is honored, uh, to ensure that the patient record is only shared with the providers that they that they are seeing that they want it to be shared with, and to be ensured that security our provisions are in place so that the record isn't what you'd call hacked. You know, in addition, there are HIPAA requirements of logging so that we have to be able so that we can identify which providers have actually viewed the patient record in case the patient becomes concerned that others beyond the authorized providers have been looking at it. As you evolve into an ACO, what do you see as the biggest data privacy and security challenges that you'll have to tackle? I, th I think there are a number of challenges that we have to, to tackle. Uh, one of the, the things that you'll hear all across the country that is the, you know, still a, a very much an open issue is the whole patient consent model. Um, in some locales, that is what is known as opt-out, which means that the patient agrees to share the information unless they specifically uh, ask not to have it shared. In other models, the patient has to specifically what is called opt-in or consent to, sh to sharing within that network and to identify to whom the sharing will occur. Those models are still premature. There are still, um, there's, you know, there's still lots of discussion. On the one hand, the, the concern for patient privacy and, and the risk associated with, with a patient's record being um, misused or, or being stolen. On the other side, it's patient safety the need to have all of the relevant information in front of the provider giving services at the, at the point in time to ensure that there's not other information that they should have considered. So we, we worry about having too much information, we worry about having not too much information, and it's, and it's really coming to some conclusion about that model. And there's not seen to be agreement uh, within states uh, and across states, and of course, the uh, the HIPAA regulations allow the state to allow state laws to override federal laws, and you know, I think that's really immature. And to me, that is the biggest thing that we have to comp to accomplish. We really have to get some clarity, have some public dialogue, so that patients really understand the trade-offs they're making between allowing their record to be shared uh, for the sake of good care and patient safety versus the privacy concern that they would naturally have about, the, about the, the record being shared too broadly. Are the security and privacy challenges different from being a healthcare provider that's not part of an ACL? They, they are not different, but they are magnified as you become an ACO because the, because the, the ACO's incentives are to collaborate. Um, 
in, in you, do, you you expect that providers collaborate, but it's really but there's really a lot more incentive to ensure that it's a true care team working with the patient in, in an ACO model because of because of the risk reward incentives that are built into the model. In a more casual environment, absent that collaboration, the patient might go to a specialty provider and and the specialist provider might begin from, um, from 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 no understanding of the patient's history and start all over again in the care. So, so to that in that model, it doesn't really matter whether they look at the records from the previous care that's been given. But in a collaborative care model, you really want to, every each provider needs to know all of the care that has preceded them. They need they're trying to understand the whole patient in order to ensure that patient care is better. So it's the same issues, but they're much more magnified in a collaborative care model. You mentioned collaboration, and coordination of care is so important with ACOs. How will the providers in your ACO share patient data, and how will you keep it? private and secure? You know, for instance, will you have a health information exchange set up or will you participate in an existing exchange or some other method of sharing? This is all emerging. We, we started our Pioneer ACO in, in the 1st of January and, and a lot of this is evolving as, as we proceed, but I can give you some highlights. We are building, um, implementing at what we call an enterprise HIE within our organization. And the, the intent of this is using a commercial product to be able to bring together the electronic records of uh, from the providers, hospitals, and physicians of everyone, uh, every provider uh, who has electronic records or in, within our hospital domain. And then our enterprise HIE will connect with anyone outside of our direct network as we need to do that. Um, in San Diego, there is a uh, community HIV informed, which uh, really resulted from the Beacon Project that has been underway, where we, were, we are also one of the Beacon communities. So the concept for San Diego as a community is that numerous providers uh, are doing enterprise HIEs, and then for the inter-provider traffic, for instance, between Sharp and Scripps Health, also in San Diego, this traffic, traffic for out-of-network, you might call it, care will go through the, the, the local HIE that, was, that is being uh, built out of the Beacon project. You mentioned earlier patient consent. Is there any special patient consent that you'll need to obtain in order to share patient data in your ACO? And if so, what sort of consent? Are you using opt-in, opt-out, you know, a hybrid of some sort? That model is evolving, and there's, there's, there's conversation within California. We have assumed, within, in, in, in most providers have taken the approach that uh, historically it's an opt-out model within, within a provider organization because providers are governed by uh, medical staff bylaws and their business associates agreements so there are methods of disciplining a provider who acted inappropriately in terms of accessing uh, records of patients that they were not caring for. Uh, the, in, in the state of California, the view uh, has been for HIE across provider organizations that it would be an opt-in model. They, have, they are reopening that conversation, as I understand it, and we're still 
determining the approach that we will take. Uh, until just recently, the assumption we have made is that with the community HIE, it will be an opt-in model. And we, we haven't really changed that position, but uh, because of conversation with the state authorities, we, we will be discussing that again. Uh, so again, this is evolving um, with an, an ACO, uh, within the Pioneer model specifically. The patient does have the right to avoid sharing of their information. That was a very specific provision of the uh, ACO regulations. Our experience has been that when that, that some patients have have opted out of data sharing, but then once their primary care physician to whom they've been assigned has explained to them that they can give better care if they actually allow sharing, many patients have changed their mind and said, "Yeah, I, I understand that." Then they've consented to sharing. So as it relates to the Pioneer ACO, there is the specific consent. It's, it's very clearly a, a model that requires the patient to uh, consent before sharing. How will patients be able to access their own health data in your ACO? We have actually, and, and this again, this is evolving over time, but we started about two and a half years ago building what we call our portal. And th this is... Uh, focusing originally on our multi-specialty medical group, whereby a patient can go online and view uh, things like laboratory results, their medications list, their problems, their recent visit histories. They can schedule appointments. They can pay their bills online. They can do secure email with their physician, schedule appointments. They can also use the same application on an iPhone or an iPad to have contact in. We have about 80,000 patients who signed up for that service at this point. Our uh, independent practice association is starting to, uh, to implement a, a, a similar portal for their patient population, and we're just in the early stages of rolling out to, that, to our hospital. So, uh, so we are you know, encouraging our patients to go online. It, it, it's, a, it's a real convenience for the patients, and it's, it's, it's a time saver for us if we can actually let the patient do schedule their primary care appointments right online rather than having to sit in a telephone queue to do that. In an ACO model, I think it's even more important that we we provide that access because we really want the patient to view us as the as the provider of choice. And the more uh, convenience, the more good service that we offer to that patient, we believe that that will create the you know, in marketing terms they call it stickiness of that patient to our to our organization. So that, that's our, to me that's a really big deal in the accountable care concept. Thanks, Bill. I'm Marianne Kobasek-McGee for Healthcare Info Security. Thanks for listening.